we're just hearing the music no, you, in the yeah, microphone. You, you go for it. We're still jamming. <laughs> I don't think you've ever, ever done the intro, so... I don't think I've ever done the intro. I don't even know how I do the intro, because I've never done the intro. Yeah. Welcome to the Botcash Podcast, where I'm Scott, and nice. Don has micro headphone, headphones on, and looks like he belongs in a studio. Wiki, wiki, wiki. Yep. And... I, yes. $20 headphones, talking into $20 microphones, <laughs> <laughs> recording with a uh, $125 interface on a $5,000 computer. Which is it yours? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Not at uh, that all. That, it's actually like a $4,000 computer. Okay. Well, I that's because it it's a year, it's like five years yeah. old, right? It's two years old, oh, two and years I think old. I get a new one this year. Wow. So it's a, it's a work laptop, so we right. are using the resources that we have to... Record this podcast. Right. He did not break a window on someone else's car, grab yeah. it, and run really fast. That was like a $5,000 laptop. You, you know, you really need to clean the blood off my floor. Well, you know, okay. my hand's still bleeding to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Two years ago when I took this laptop. No, uh, no, this is, uh, if you, they say like you're always like strong is the weakest point in your system, like for audio and recording and that. Uh-huh. I'm like, is that the twenty dollars mics? Is that the six dollars Amazon XLR cable? Ooh! Is that the? Do you have anything it? worth less? <laughs> so our podcast worth what six bucks then, plus tax? Uh, no. Well, yeah, I guess because okay. they charge tax now. Thanks. Yeah. Unless it's like an add-on item. I mean, you, you, is it free two-day shipping? So you can't even add shipping to it, can you? I think I bought it when I bought one of the old mics that broke. Okay. Our total investment in this, like, out of our pocket, like, I bought the Focusrite secondhand for, like, 70 Oh, wow. And we bought three mics so far mm-hmm. and two cables. Okay. So we're under 200 bucks out of our pocket. Wait, wait, we had to pay for hosting. Oh, gosh, that's... That was four, probably the most expensive. 14 a month. That's like a microphone a month. Right, right. So, I mean, one of our no, 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 big we, bad microphones. But we paid ahead of time, so we got a discount, right? Uh, we pay. We've only done like three month installments, I think. Oh, okay, never mind. Like, oh, yeah. no, it takes like a year. Like, if you do the whole year, it's different. But like, bro, man, I made a money. Okay, man, they don't get that. They don't get my money up front. <laughs> what? What if I die and you don't know the password and we can't do the podcast? Oh no. <laughs> Be like Jill, what's his password? She actually she should have access to my encrypted spreadsheet of passwords. Oh, okay, cool. So Sarah probably has access to my non-encrypted sheet of passwords. <laughs> I had a password manager and my IT guy was like, What do you have that for? I was like, Oh, keep all my passwords, it's really cool. And he was like, Yeah, I just use an encrypted spreadsheet. I was like, That's a better idea. Wow. So I need to get an encrypted spreadsheet. You, you just password protect it when you save it. Oh, okay, that's it. And boom. And then it it makes you enter the password once to view it and twice to edit it. Okay, so one, two, three. Right. No, password is the password. Oh, password is the password. Okay, that's right. All right, I got it now. Much easier that way. Encrypted password id password-id spreadsheet. Yes. Okay. And then, like, I've got all sorts of passwords in there. So, but if, like, you know, you get access to it, you can't access it unless you know the password. Okay. To all my passwords. Password. Password. So where do you put the password to it, the spreadsheet that has your passwords? I wrote it down on a sticky note and stick it right to my computer. Okay, that's fair. Everybody can see it. <laughs> I also wrote it... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I save it to an encrypted file on my phone. <laughs> no. 
So I'm what do you put the password for the password on the encrypted phone that gives you the password? Said, my, so my phone has a fingerprint reader. Uh-huh. So I don't really enter my password on the phone too often. Okay. But uh, I had this thing where I kept hitting the side of my thumb, mm-hmm. and it would be like not recognized. <laughs> so finally I went through the, the thumbprint reader, and I put my thumb, the side of my thumb is my fingerprint. Oh, nice. It's like, hey, so it now worked. you have no problems then. Yeah. Okay. I'm... I'm efficient. (laughs) Does yours have a password? uh, No, mine doesn't. No, I'm I'm sorry. My phone's like three years old. My Um, my old Nexus Five X had a thumb. Okay, no, and that was like older than yours. Well, the great thing is like okay, the specs still (laughs) are pretty top top notch. But the one thing that it didn't, and I think I got this about the time that like that became a thing. Mm. But I was like, really, I don't care that much. Um, Just give me some good specs. Let me be able to run my stuff on it, and I don't care if it's fingerprinted or not it's it's nice because my kids i got a daughter who will shoulder surf you okay and try and get your password oh okay so it's been great that i don't have to put one in okay so and actually we've busted her like looking over brother's shoulders on like like their kindle fires and stuff really my oldest got a uh uh, it's an old ipad so don't get excited okay he got like a old four-year-old ipad from his aunt for his birthday Mm -hmm. and uh which she had never used Never used. Never Why like would she you get an iPad. And never she had used it. Signed into it, thinking to be a great companion with her iPhone, and it just didn't. She never really used it. Wow. So here's the bad news. It's like stuck on the operating system it has. Oh, are you serious? The you good can't. news is, is he doesn't care. Okay, that's fair. So he can still download games. He's still you. You know, he's probably still got two years of good use out of it. Okay. But uh, so he put his password in there, his little mm-hmm. pin. And there's a little sister like watching him. I was like, "Well, you got to change your password now." <laughs> so and I put her in timeout. Okay, you can't be doing that. No, I was like, no, "A you... password is a secret for a reason, honey. Absolutely. You need to respect that." I was like, "If he took your password, you'd be mad." My my, my students always laugh at me because like my to get into my phone is an S, and they're like, "Really, <laughs> Mr. Sulik? You, you are totally not not creative at all." I was like, "I just wanted to keep my kids out of it." Yeah, now like, they're smart enough to figure it out. Where I'm like, whatever. Well, I don't want them. I still don't want them in my phone. I don't mm-hmm. need. Like my wife is all like, "Here, go take a picture with it." I'm like, my kids would be like, "Oh, here, I took a picture and dropped it on the sidewalk after I took <laughs> it out of the case because I thought it looked cooler." Or you know, or it, well, it's waterproof. I guess I can throw it in a pool, but you okay. know, I could see them doing that. That's well. Is that. It, so you say it's waterproof, so they could throw it in a pool. You're yeah, all good. Okay, yeah. that's fair. So. Hopefully. Sounds good. Yeah, I, I don't want to find out how waterproof it is, but although I have to say the most common screensaver that I see on iPhones is the cracked screensaver. Well, that okay. So we'll get into Deuteronomy in a moment, folks. I get the cases that have the lip around the edge. Okay. So when you drop it, it doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Or I put a case on it. Period. I see so many people without a case and complain they broke it. I won't. I won't. It won't leave my bed until after I've got a case on it. Because my bed's fluffy and oh. I can't drop it. Um, Wait, you so, take it out of your case? No, no, I never take it. No, but oh. when when I first get a phone, oh, it does not I got leave you, I got my bed or anything until after I've got a case on it. Because I know me, yeah. and not even worrying about my kids, I know me. I'll go ahead and drop it, crack it within no time. So I always put a case well, on it. And, I went to the T-Mobile store and mm-hmm. I was like, I ended up getting the phone there because I needed one same day because mm-hmm. I actually did crack my Nexus 5 on purpose. Oh, okay. Um, it stopped working and I read that it was impossible to fix. So I like I was like, well, this is a great phone and I just threw it on the ground. Oh. And I didn't think it would shatter, but it shattered. It oh. was like, well, this is my last drop for you, buddy. <laughs> and uh, I so I got a phone the same day and um, they were like, hey, you have a 14-day return policy on the case. Just buy one and then return it. Like oh, no question. Fair. It's like they're like just keep the box it came in and the receipt. No questions asked. Oh, nice. So I ordered one from Amazon in the store and then bought one in the store and then returned it. Okay. And on top of that, the 
phone case I bought got charged to the bill than I would have received, but mm-hmm. it never went to the bill because I returned it before the process. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it all worked. Okay. So, yeah. There's your phone buying secret if you're a T-Mobile customer. All right. Buy from the store, return it before the bill. You're all good. So what kind of password do we need to get into the promised land? <laughs> That's horrible. It's called obedience. <laughs> so we're still in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6. We have this goal of getting through. Chapter 9. I posted 6 this morning. <laughs> so I posted 6, 10 through the end. So if okay. you want to do the math, as to how far <laughs> off. But uh, yeah, not this morning. I did the afternoon, whatever. I had an alert come up that said post. And I was like, what's that mean? Oh, post the, <laughs> the podcast. Um, we're in chapter nine. Uh, we're going to try and get through 10, no promises. So how far do you want to read in anticipation? Oh, wow. Um, well, <laughs> let's go through, um, let's go through 10. So, so I'll say, yeah, I think that'll be, I think that might be quick. a good break. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fire in the hole. I'll put the headphones back on and listen to your read. All right. So here we go. So just kind of a review, um, a recap, um, last week and maybe the week before, <laughs> I'm not quite sure how many weeks we've been in nine, but I think we've been here for a while. Two. We, we have two. Uh, two? Okay. So, so ultimately, uh, basically, um, they're going in, they're being told to take the land. Um, they're saying that these people are wicked and, um, God is reminding them uh, that it is not because of their righteousness, um, that, that God is kicking them out of this land, but it's because of their wickedness. Um, and just in case, um, they, they didn't. Uh, remember some of their their wickedness. He says, by the way, you're stubborn people, and let's go ahead and start with Mount Horeb, where I first (laughs) gave you the covenant, and you screwed up pretty quickly. Um, But um, I'm not done with that. And so where we're at now is he then says, well, okay, he doesn't say, but basically uh, he he says that, uh, well, in in verse 22, I got four more examples um, of... uh, (laughs) of you not being obedient and of you and your stubborn wickedness. And so that's where we're going to start today is verse 22 of chapter 9. And we're going to go through chapter 9, 29, and uh, probably get into 10. So um, I got some words now. It's been a while since I haven't been able to pronounce some words. So everyone, um, if you haven't been with us since the beginning, I am no Hebrew scholar. And uh, I definitely, definitely... Don't know how to read most of these words. Kabratha Tava. I have no Okay, you say that pretty awesome, though. <laughs> you got to say it like that. But right. once you butcher it, we'll laugh. Go okay, on. good deal. Fire in the hole, man. All right. At Tabara, also, and at Massa, and at Kabratha Tava. Did I do that okay? You had a lot of T's in there that I don't think are in there, but I, I'm fine. Okay, but there's a lot of A's too, like a lot of A's. I don't know who puts that many A's in the word. <laughs> if you're on Wheel of Fortune and you're like, can I buy a vowel? Like, uh, you just ran out. You, you just won. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you provoked the Lord to wrath. And when the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, saying, go up and take possession of the land that I have given you, then you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God and did not believe him or obey his voice. You have been rebellious against the Lord from the day that I knew you. Ooh, that's rough. So I lay prostrate before the Lord for these 40 days and 40 nights because the Lord had said he would destroy you. And I pray to the Lord, O Lord God, do not destroy your people and your heritage, whom you have redeemed through your greatness, whom you have brought out of Egypt and with a mighty hand. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not regard the stubbornness of the, this people or their wickedness or their sin, lest the land from which you brought us 
brought us, say, because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land that he promised them, and because he hated them, he has brought them out to put them to death in the wilderness. For they are your people and your heritage, whom you brought out by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So with that, let's get into some of those, um, those four other examples of their stubbornness and wickedness and how... Yes. Okay. Um, I, I guess they've been rebellious against the Lord since the day I knew you, says that's, God. That's like, so when, <laughs> when, when my wife does something silly or I make a joke or like talk about a cell phone, she'll leave her cell phone around the house somewhere and I'll find it like stuck between the couch cushions okay. or something. And I'll, I'll say something like, yeah, it's a nice place to leave your $600 item, you know, <laughs> and she'll, she'll be like, love holds no records of wrong. <laughs> And I need to start responding. Well, God of the Old Testament, <laughs> detailed record <laughs> brings definitely many examples. So, but, let's but then going. she'll be like, "You're not God," and okay, so then God. you lose that argument anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it's safest just to not say anything, and it's safest just to put the phone back in her purse. <laughs> um. So anyway, all right. So yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. Can I pause really quick and get some water? Because apparently, yes. I've turned into a coughing lunatic. Okay. Cool. All right. Hey, everybody home, you won't notice a thing. <laughs> uh, sorry about that, people. I now have water, and I think we should be able to make it through. All so, right. So will uh, they hear the welcome back? Yeah, they will hear that. Okay, back. cool. So Okay. So if you took that time to pause the podcast and get yourself some water. <laughs> so we had a time lapse. Mm-hmm. So that means we're back into the future? Yes. Okay. So anyway, we just finished reading um, nine... Uh, chapter 9, they, verse they know, they, they, They'll miss no time. Okay. So yeah, we uh, talked about their rebellion on the day that like, yeah. Okay. So what did you get from some of these rebellious um, instances uh, or stories? Mostly just more of those reminders that they did nothing to earn their way into the land. That, as a matter of fact, they so did nothing to earn their way into the land, they just like... Let me rephrase that. They so didn't earn it, and they weren't even starting to earn it. They didn't even have like, you know, enough piled up to say, "Well, remember that one good thing we did?" Like it's like from the day we met you, mm-hmm. the day I knew you. Yep. You you goofed. Well, yeah, because I mean, last week was uh, what Mount Mount Horeb, so that was where the covenant, it's where they received the covenant, and where they screwed the covenant up. So they didn't even have a chance to leave that. Right. Um, and then I guess we got. Well, I, I guess I thought it was pretty interesting. I, I don't know if you went into. Did you go back and read any of the, some of the instances, or, or should we go ahead and maybe review a little bit about what those instances are? What are you talking about the, the the four instances that, that he mentions here? No, I didn't. Oh, I should have. I didn't even think about that. All right. So here's what Dang. we got. So here here are some of the the examples. You guys trust us to teach you about this stuff, <laughs> and here I am flunking. So here are some of the examples. So I, I figured, you know, he listed them. So I was like, all right, well, let's go find out why they're stubborn. So Tabera, um, I thought was interesting. Um, it actually means burning. Um, <laughs> it goes back and refers to Numbers 11, 1 through 3. Um, and ultimately, uh, this is where we find out that uh, the Israelites complained about their misfortunes. Um, and during, because of that, God, uh, the fire of the Lord, it came and burned among them. Um, so basically they just decided to complain. And at that point, um, I think if I remember correctly, Moses had to pray. Um, God took back the burning and that is why the, it's called burning. 
If we go back to Massa, um, that means uh, testing. And I think we talked about this a couple weeks wait, ago. Wait, 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 wait. You undersold that section. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, you oh, undersold that big time. Sorry. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, it's angry God. No, he consumed some of the outlying parts of the camp. Okay, so I, I guess it, it gets a whole lot. Well, does this get into your uh, thing a couple weeks ago when you're talking about wildfire consuming? Yeah, I'd say without looking anything up, let's read it. It's one through uh, Numbers 11, 1 through 3. And okay. the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. <laughs> then the people cried out to Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down. Okay, fine. You didn't read it at all, all right, and right. I undersold that, it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like if, if I was like, hey, the anger of the Lord was burning against you, and it consumed some of the outlying parts of your property, you'd be like, my fence is gone. Where's my car? Like, I'm assuming, without going, without, you know, reading any history or anybody's commentary, that there, there might have been some damage. Okay. Maybe enough to scare them. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Or kill a couple people. So what's your next, what was your next reference? Um, so the next one was Massa, um, which means testing. Um, that is in Exodus 17, <laughs> 1 through 7. And we actually talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, and this is the one where they basically grumbled uh, about not having water. Why did you pull us out of oh. Egypt? We're going to die. We're thirsty. God's like, go hit a rock. Uh, with your staff, and um, at that point, um, Moses hit it twice. Yes, no, no, that I don't think that oh, was this one. one. No, no, this one Moses was was legit. He he followed the rules, so I don't think this is the one that oh. got him kicked out of the promised land. I'm, I'm reading it. Okay. Do you want to go ahead and read it out loud then, or just? Uh, no, okay. no. Okay, just kidding. Um, and so this is the one where where we went back, and it was a reminder of Matthew four five through seven, um, the idea where you don't test the Lord. And I think, um, so it becomes testing because that was the part, what was, what would verse seven say? I don't have it turned to there. Uh, and, uh, he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah. Oh, good. My turn to read Hebrew. <clears throat> because of the quarreling of the people of Israel and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? Yep. So, oh, man, I know. <laughs> Isn't that harsh? How many times are we like, God, are you even listening? <laughs> Do you even care? Seriously, yeah. I just pulled you out of slavery. What are, yeah. what are you talking about? Well, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about me. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I stubbed my toe. Are you even there, Lord? <laughs> I'm, I would make a horrible Israelite. They would have had like the book of Exodus in this section according to or pertaining to Don. I'm glad and that I wouldn't. Stupidity. I'm glad I wouldn't be God either. I think I might. Uh, I'd be listed as the name of like and God struck dead, Don. <laughs> so, so that would be Massa, the the one of testing. Then we have um, the next one would Kabrath Hatava yeah. or Hata Hatava Hatava. <laughs> this goes back to Numbers eleven thirty one through thirty five. Um, I think the story actually starts much earlier in chapter 11 um, when they're ultimately... Where's numbers what? Numbers 11, okay. 31 through 35. If I use one of those fancy applications on those telephones, I'd be there by now. And so this one um, starts not too long after the, the first reference that, that we talked about today. Um, <laughs> I love the heading be... of 11. The people complain. <laughs> 
they would be tapara. And this one, though, um, involves them wanting meat. Ah, yes. And so um, we have in the beginning part of it, they complain that all they have is food. And it's like, seriously, like God miraculously gives you food and you're complaining? Like, seriously, what? Um, But um, God goes ahead and gives them quail and a lot of it. And then do you want to go ahead and read to 31 through 35 since you're already there? Sure. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, water something, I promise. Uh, numbers 11, 31 through 35. Then a wind from the Lord sprang up, and it brought quail from the sea and let them fall beside the camp about a day's journey on the side of the... Uh, on the side and a day's journey on the other side around the camp and about two cubits above the ground. And the... Wow, that's a lot of birds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the people rose all the day and all night and all the next day and gathered the quail. Those who gathered... Least gathered ten homers. Don't. Uh, <laughs> it says a homer was about six bushels or two hundred and twenty liters. Oh wow, that's a lot. Of, that is a whole <laughs> lot. And uh, they spread them around for themselves all around the camp. While the meat was yet between their teeth, before it was consumed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord struck down the people with a very great plague. Therefore, the name of the place was Kilbroth Havatadatava. Uh, because there was there they buried the people who had the craving from that place, Kibroth, Kibroth, yeah. I feel less confident every time I read it. <laughs> the people journeyed to Hazaroth, and they remained at Hazaroth. So I was wondering, like, because as I was reading that, I was like, so did they gather too much? Is it just because they complained, they gathered and they ate it? Because he gave them the quail, but then he went ahead and took them, took I, them out and did the plague. And my I, first guess is that was like all the complainers went out there, gathered and started eating. And God is like, oh, but let's see if I can find some background. Okay, yeah, because I actually didn't get any chance to to get into the background of it to go um, to to really find out. Because I was like, well, well, why is it that they, why is it that that God gave it to them and then and took them out? And it's like, well. Um, maybe we don't shouldn't always get what uh, what we asked for. What, what would you find? Anything interesting? He's got this big gigantic commentary <clears throat> that's got like six thousand two hundred and twenty nine pages, give or take some. So what what would you find out? Hold on. Uh, it says the Hebrew text is somewhat ambiguous in the phrasing. Oh wait, that's different. Um, talks among yourselves. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I guess this is the time where I have to, to kind of fill it. So it's a, uh, he wrote a lot on this. So I'm trying to just get. Oh, he wrote a lot points. on it. Yeah. So, um, so I'll go ahead and, and kind of get into the the last one um, very quickly while he's looking that up. So that's three additional ones um, above the one that we talked about last week in the earlier part of chapter nine. Um, but then the last one he says um, the the last instance instance is in 23, it says, and when the Lord sent you from uh, Kadesh Barnea saying, go up and take possession of the land that I've given you, then you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord, your God, and did not believe him or obey his voice. You, and so ultimately the last one is, is really what we talked about in the very beginning of Deuteronomy, um, where in Numbers, uh, God told them to, to go take up the land. Um, in Deuteronomy, he kind of re-summarizes that and says, look, you're in this boat. You didn't trust me when I told you to go up. And so the last instance um, 
of them being a stubborn people that he talks about, um, he already addressed in the very beginning of Deuteronomy when they didn't trust God to go into the promised land, and that's why they ended up walking around the the wilderness for a good uh, 40 years or so. All right. So back to the... Back to the... uh, And actually, so... Kabrath Hatava means graves of craving. Yes, that's actually what I was gonna say. That's oh, I'm sorry. That, that's what the. Um, he says that the scene uh, was most likely riotous. Excuse me. Um, he said, "Dare we believe that the people were ripping at the birds, eating their flesh before cooking it? Bestial in behavior. They would have been like a sugar crazed kid in a child's daydream." Uh, a young boy afloat on a chocolate sandwich cookie raft in a sea of chocolate syrup and nibbling at the cookie before drowning in the dark, sweet sea. Oh, wow. I need to read this numbers one. This guy's poetic. Um, <clears throat> he's basically saying that uh, the key to the text is the, while the meat was still between their teeth, the plague of the Lord struck them down. He said, uh, in many cases, that we are led to believe that they were not preparing uh, the meat uh, to eat, they were just eating it raw. They were ripping at the birds, etc. Uh. So it could have been very much like, uh, like they were. They possibly. This is one commentator uh, saying it could have been a very ravenous scene, and it could have been a very like non thankful. He also went on to state that manna came out of God's mercy, and the quail came out of God's wrath. Okay, okay. So it is almost like that. Um, you know, you took your kid out and you got them, you know, their favorite pizza and they get home and complain that they're hungry and you say, well, you just had great pizza. So you give them, uh, you know, maybe dessert. And then after dessert, they're like, I never get any candy. And you're like, here's all the candy you can eat, kid. You know, like okay. possibly like, a, you want candy? And then, I got candy for you. And then you, you get know. sick because he right. knows better or you know better as a parent. And so same basic same right. potentially basic idea happening here that, that could have happened in that scenario then. Right. And like I said, that's one commentator. I I I like it. Okay. Like yeah. I like the the scene that paints, but I don't you know, typically I'd cross check that among others. Okay. Yeah, it was so, one of the, So potentially, yeah, it could just be their greed being satisfied. Yeah, because I cause I asked that question and unfortunately I do have a numbers commentary, but it's actually in my daughter's room, and I always study in the morning. So you're not gonna go wake her up. No, if, no, not at four thirty in the morning. I think my wife would kill me, and then I wouldn't get any peaceful time. So uh, I, I was having a chat today with like some pastors about their commentaries, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I have mine in the software accordance or logos or," and I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I don't have nine hundred dollars <laughs> to drop on the software plus another nine hundred for all the commentaries." <laughs> right. I'm glad you can read yours on your phone. Mm-hmm. I got myself a Kindle <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> That's yeah, where I, some of my commentaries are. I've got the eating Kindle, and uh, the commentary was only $10 cheaper. Okay. So I bought the used hardback one because nice. I can only afford $20 microphones. <laughs> All right. All right, pastor, with your little budget. Okay. So, I, by the way, it wasn't my pastor, okay. <laughs> so I could talk that so way. So a pastor. Yeah. Right. A couple, actually. A couple oh. pastors. I was like, you guys are awesome. Yeah. Must be nice um, to have a, a budget in your church to buy books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So anyway. The layman doesn't have that. Sorry, we're done. He, he, he's not bitter at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> not watch out before the quail come. <clears throat> so uh, just make sure you're out of my basement before the quail come. Yeah. What if I tear them apart and eat them? I die. You're fine. That's fair. Okay, I'm good with that. No collateral. However, I don't know if I want to see you like <laughs> digging into a live bird. Is it still I like? I don't think I could. I don't even know to quail. Do, remember when we worked at a catering company? Mm-hmm. Um, one time, 
the boss there, Pete, was like, hey, somebody hit a bird with the car. I need you to go out and get it out of the grill. And I was like, what? And there really was like a bird stuck in the Are grill. Are you serious? By its head. I don't think I remember that. <laughs> I don't know if you were there okay. or not, but that was... Uh, I was already like, oh my doing gosh. That. So, could you imagine if I had to eat that bird? No. Was that the time you were a vegetarian too? Quite possibly. Okay, I was going to say, that seemed like about the time you were a vegetarian. Hey, go out and take that. <laughs> so, so, anyway, I don't even know what kind of noise a quail makes. I'm going to have to Google bird, later. Bird, tweet. No, what does a quail say? I want to know if you can, can you walk up to a quail and just grab one? I have no clue. Or are there just okay. so many. All right, I now have to Here Google comes a great what a quail looks like. <laughs> Right. And then we'll get back to Deuteronomy, we promise. Well, we're still in Deuteronomy. We're just trying to figure out what a quail looks like. <laughs> oh, okay. They're, Let's see what you got. They're kind of cool looking birds. I've seen them before, I think. I don't think I could eat that. No, Pet, I don't think maybe. I... maybe. Eat? I don't know. Could you ever eat them? Maybe were they a big quail? I, I don't know. I don't know. Some of them are kind of pretty common. I'm, I'm an American, so I've had turkey, <laughs> chicken, and I had duck. Well, I, I, duck is good, by the way. Yeah, but the whole time I was like, I'm eating a duck. <laughs> I just couldn't. It was like, it's good, but I don't know if I could just. Oh, so yummy. So anyway, um, well, because of Jungle Gems, I've had a kangaroo. Mm. See, I can't do it. I'd be like, it has paws. Kangaroo is good. <laughs> oh, does it? I don't know. No, I'm not saying for the kosher. I'm just saying oh, okay. like, things with paws just don't. We, we've talked about that. I get Right. Uh, well, apparently dog is pretty good in some parts of the anyway. world. Anyway. All right. So anyway. We're um, going to lose our queen tag. <laughs> We're going to get explicit for your gross depictions of. Oh, I have, that, 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 that's to bad depictions? So no. confused. Ripping the quail to pieces. I didn't say that. You just did. So where, where are we? All right. <laughs> What and God <laughs> taking them out? That's that's any better. You're the one that yeah, goes the ravenous fire around the land. <laughs> I had the clean version. I'm just trying to paint a picture. <laughs> I'm not sugarcoating God's wrath like uh, some people. All right. So anyway, um, so on to so those are the four <laughs> examples that that we uh, the the four additional examples um, uh, that we have. Uh, that goes beyond the golden calf that was mentioned in the earlier part of nine. So we have a good five examples of God being, or not God, but um, his people being a stubborn people. And then we kind of go on to 25, and, and here's where um, Moses lay prostrate. I almost said prostate. So I could tell when you were reading it. <laughs> that I had to, so anyway, so what, what did you get from uh, 25 onward, or 25 through 29? Anything uh, stick out? Uh, actually, because he's he talks about this a few times, um, not to give spoilers for chapter ten, but he also talked. Well, I guess the end of, um, pardon me, he talks about uh, several times, like laying before God forty days and forty nights, praying for Israel. And um, one, I don't know that I've ever pleaded for something for forty days mm-hmm. and forty nights, much less for God to spare or to have, you know. I mean, this would be, I'm trying to think, this would be equivalent of like somebody from one political party praying for 40 days and 40 nights to save all the people from another. Mm. I mean, I'm trying to think like a good, you know, this would be like Bengals fans praying for Steelers fans. Right. You, you know, like it, this is like even worse than that. This is you're praying for your enemies. This is one Christian praying for all of ISIS to be redeemed and for God not to pour his wrath out on them. And it, I just... Every time I would read that, and it, Moses going to bat for the people, it, despite the fact he seems like old grumpy grandpa Moses in a lot of this, I, I can't wrap my mind around 
that because like if I prayed for something for a week, I'm weary, I'm tired. If I prayed for something for 48 hours, I usually walk away like, okay, God, it's in your hands. And I just don't, it's like I give up on the petitioning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very hard for, because we also get to see it from, you know, that outside looking in of, we see all the, you know, we see them ripping the quail apart. We see them complaining constantly. We see them, you know, going after Moses, the, you know, saying, to, you know, disregarding what God has done for them. And to see him like, and through it all, he's, he's praying for them. And it's, also, it's like not necessarily for their own good, but it's for the reputation of God that he's praying for them. And I think that was the, the powerful part because, I mean, it's like, well, well, I guess he's interceding in prayer for Israel, but nowhere in there is, is it really a selfish prayer. Right. Um, and, 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 and in fact, actually, God had given him an offer you just can't refuse earlier where he's right. like, tell you what, <laughs> let me just destroy them all and let's start over and you can be, you know, we'll start over with you. Yeah, and he wasn't even like, and Moses, you're going down with the ship. He was like, and you're my new captain. Come with me, you know? Right. And, and this is what he does, knowing that God could destroy them and, and knowing that, that really he, he would have still, he would have been fair. I mean, that was part of the covenant that they made. Um, and really, they had broken the covenant right away and, and really, what, four additional times after that. And at least, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. at least, right? This is just what, what God decides to, to point out, or, or what God inspires Moses to point out is they're sitting there going, Well, well wait a second, you know? Um, and, and you're right. I mean, he intercedes for, for God, um, for the people. And most of it is you made a promise. Um, here's your reputa- reputation, lest, lest the land from which you brought us out, because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land that he promised them and because he hated it. So, like, he's saying, Well, what are the other people going to think? What, what, right. what are the other nations going to think? Um, um, let's see. Moses knew how to pray, it was not selfish. Um, your people, your heritage, you brought them out with your great power. I mean, it's very much God-focused and God-centered in his entire um, really interceding for the people. Yeah. It, it, I have no way to explain that, and I have no way to, or no example of me ever doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, God, for your great fame. I mean, I guess I prayed, you know, uh, I reserve those prayers before we go out and do some preaching or some act of service or, you know, uh, maybe, uh, excuse me a second, <clears throat> maybe for like teaching uh, a class or something, there's like this, like, God, let's do this for your glory. Let's do this for mm-hmm. you. But like, don't wipe out a nation for your glory or, you know, I don't know. It's right. just, it, it's another perspective. It's another area where I'm like, well, I, I'm lacking in that as well. And I don't even know what it looks like. Right. And and I think this is kind of a, a good Old Testament version of, of God's mercy and his grace um, just really played out where you do see the same New Testament God here um, as, well, I guess not, not right here, but shoot, I just gave a spoiler alert of 10, <laughs> 1 through 11. Um, but ultimately... Oh we're going to see how God is going to, to respond in a positive way to that. And that's where we're going to see God's mercy and his grace played out in the old Testament. Um, really just as much as, as hmm. you have a thinking. No, I was like, I'll have to explore because he pleads on behalf of God remembering Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So the mm-hmm. patriarchs, 
the ones who he initiated the covenant with. Um, I'm I'm wondering how that pertains to how we often uh, pray on behalf of, not on behalf of, but like with Christ's sacrifice in mind. Hmm. So it's kind of the, like... So would you be comparing then um, the promise of to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob being similar to the promise of salvation that we receive through Christ then? Possibly, but I'd have to look a little deeper because I'm afraid of being blasphemous. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm wondering what kind of connection would be there, kind of the similar... Um, you know, he says... Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not regard the stubbornness of this people or the wickedness of their sin. And it's kind of the same when, you know, maybe we're praying for somebody in our life who is a Christian who's going through a time of rebellion and saying, Lord, remember the promise on them that you gave through your son. You know, I'm wondering how similar or, you know, representative that could have been from the old old testament into the new testament okay. into our current day but yeah. i don't i don't have any definitives on that and and just realize um, as you listen to us talk i mean sometimes <laughs> it's stuff that we've studied sometimes we've written down questions and sometimes in all honesty we come up with these thoughts and these <laughs> questions as we talk it out to as we talk it out together so yeah we didn't plan um, this one <laughs> so, so it's kind of one of those things where we're sometimes we may be just thinking out loud um, contemplating the, the, the scripture as we go ahead and talk with each other as we yeah, so, so don't we call share each her- other's notes right. <laughs> on us, like. So we're we're not uh, we're, we're not saying that this was a def- definitive thought, but but something that that might cause us to inquire deeper into right. the, the conversation of what's happening here in Deuteronomy and how that um, carries over or, to yeah. the New Testament and and really our current day situation as well. So, so with that, do you want me to finish off through 10 through 11? 10, uh, 1 through 11? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I'm not ready to talk about circumcision of the heart yet. Oh, no, I'm actually well, not ready for that. I got that. a few verses into it, but not far enough to make a conversation. Okay, me neither. So, so. all right. So with that, um, chapter 10, uh, verse 1 through 11. At that time, the Lord said to me, cut for yourself two tablets of stone like the first and come up to me on the mountain and make an ark of wood. And I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets that you broke and you shall put them in the ark. So I made an ark of acacia wood and cut two tablets of stone like the first and went up the mountain with the two tablets in my hand. And he wrote on the tablets in the same writing as before the Ten Commandments that the Lord had spoken to you on the mountain and out of the mist of fire on the day of the assembly. Then the Lord gave them to me. Then I turned and came down from the mountain and put the tablets in the ark that I had made. And there they are, as the Lord commanded me. The people of Israel... So maybe I should stop there real quick or uh, keep going. Would you have a point to make there or are you um, afraid if we won't? No, I'll keep going. Okay. So the people of Israel journeyed from Birath <laughs> Bene Jakan. That's why you wanted to stop. To... <laughs> Moserah. There Aaron died, and there he was buried, and his son Eleazar um, ministered as priest in his place. From there they journeyed to Gudagada, and from Gudagada to Jatabatha, a land with brooks of water. At that time the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi, to carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister to him, and to bless his name to this day. 
Um, therefore, Levi has no portion or inheritance with his brothers. The Lord is his inheritance, and the Lord your God said to him, I myself stayed on the mountain as the first time, 40 days and 40 nights, and the Lord listened to me. That time also, the Lord was unwilling to destroy you. And the Lord said to me, Arise, go on your journey at the head of the people, so that they may go in and possess the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. All right. So Man. one through five, I kind of saw that as, um, I think Christopher Wright um, kind of readdresses this very visual um, reestablishment of the covenant, um, where just as, as Moses threw the um, tablets on the ground as they broke, um, and that can almost refer to, to kind of a, a visual um, experiential breaking of the covenant, right. this is almost a very tangible um view of God restoring Israel to the original covenant that he created on Mount Horeb, um, which I thought was, was kind of interesting is he re-brought up how um, he wrote on the tablets in the same writing as he had done before and, and that sort of thing. Um, I also was curious about, so is this where the ark, you know, the, the first, we, we talk about, we always hear about the ark of the covenant and, mm -hmm. and sometimes you, you, you read it in scripture and sometimes you watch an Indiana Jones movie, whatever. Yeah. But but this Ark of the Covenant, um, ultimately, again, a lot of what we, we see in chapter 9 and the beginning of 10 is kind of a, a summary of what's already happened in, in other parts of Scripture. And so this is found, um, making the Ark is found in Exodus 25, uh, 10 through 22, where it goes into a little bit more detail about right. this building of the Ark of the Covenant, what that looks like. The measurements, the proper... Absolutely, yeah. what it looks like, the, you know, um, and, and if you have a chance, definitely go ahead and, and maybe Google image it or, or something like that, just so you can get a, yeah, get a picture of, it, of what that looks like. It's the one piece of, it's the one artifact that a lot of people feel they really have a good handle on what it looked like. Um, despite the fact that we're not exactly sure what the two cherubs probably looked like, but we got a lot of the measurements. So you're probably going to find as accurate a depiction as you can of it, uh, mm -hmm. this side of heaven. Right. With, right. A, with a quick Google search. Now you might get a Nazi with his face melting. That's the Indiana Jones piece. Right. Just <laughs> scroll back, turn on the safe search, you know. But but yeah, there is, so hopefully you'll find a, a more legit picture of it, um, and if not there, definitely somewhere in in good biblical references or, yeah, or maybe your Bible a Bible might have a pick. Um, <laughs> part of one through five, uh, for some reason, growing up, I remember churches hitting on like really taking a lot of time to show that Moses had to cut out the uh, the second tablets. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what their deal was or why that was such a focus with a super conservative Baptist church uh, growing up. The, I, I can't remember if it was Christopher or if it was the other commentary where he was saying that uh, um, the second is showing God's grace uh, as a response, or is showing his graceful response to Moses' intercession. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was more important right. than the fact that Moses had to cut some rocks out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like It's like... See, when you break stuff, God's going to make you do it yourself. Like, I, really, I don't know what the... I mean, like, God still writes on them. Mm -hmm. You know, he's still the the author of it. He's still providing it for him. I don't know why there was, like, such a big deal. And I couldn't find, uh, you know, between the resources I had, anything that cared about it as much as Grace Baptist Church did growing up, you know? So, so does it... And I guess my question, because as I read chapter 10, I, I totally really paid very close attention to, I, I didn't pay much 
close attention <laughs> to the whole, he had to cut them out yourself. I was like, to me, that just didn't seem the focal point right. of what God was discussing here. So Agreed. really, until you just said that, I just passed it over as like... Yeah, if I was preaching on that, I'd be like, let's look at an example of God's grace and intercession. He's like, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, right. We'll, 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 you know... I won't smite everybody after their calf incident. I'm going to remake them and we'll try again. Mm-hmm, right. Like that's... I, th- I thought this was a much more gracious act than, than say... I thought this was a much more gracious act than uh, a punishment because, right. I mean, Moses intercedes... Dude, if I was a God, I'd be like, all right, get the chisel and carve them yourself, right. bro. <laughs> if you ever try to put Hebrew in a stone, good luck. You know, like... Right. <laughs> And so, you know, so I, I felt that it did a much better job of, of, of really, as it, you go on to 10, excuse me, it says, um, I myself, see, I myself stayed on the mountain um, as the first time for 40 days, 40 nights. The Lord listened to me um, and he was unwilling to destroy you. I thought that was probably the more powerful part of it and really just helped to reemphasize what was going on with with the building of the ark and, and the re the recutting and, and um, writing out the, the Ten Commandments on the stone, I, I thought those fit together really very well. Um, and I thought that was more the focal point than, than he had to cut them out. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know what was wrong with... I mean, I know a lot of things are wrong with right. that church, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that. And also with the uh, kind of that second part, it's once again Moses' intercession and the Lord being unwilling to destroy them. It wasn't like... Moses didn't have some upper hand negotiation. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the smooth words that tricked God. He didn't have the magic words. It was him pleading and God saying, all right, it would be, it is my will not to destroy mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, what could have been. And it had nothing to do with, you know, Moses's ultimate persuasion. Right, right. I mean, again, I think that that's a picture of grace where we're ultimately, I mean, they just don't deserve it. Um, and God gives it to them even though, they don't deserve it. Right. Um, not not a. I'm gonna. <coughs> Bless you, man. We're me. dying down Sneeze. here. I know we are. <laughs> um, but along with that, um, he did renew the covenant. Um, that also means that that even Aaron, who is um, one of the facilitators in the creating the calf um, that was addressed earlier in nine, he was actually put back into his position as high priest. Yeah, talk about restoring someone uh, to ministry. Absolutely, his <laughs> kids still had the. Um, I mean, still took over after he died, um, uh, and so did the whole um, the tribe of sort of the whole tribe of Levi. So he really uh, dude, seems to fully restore the covenant. I say their inheritance is like it, it on our like you know you gotta you, you gotta own your property, you gotta own your land, you know mentality it seems weird, but it's like therefore Levi has no portion or inheritance. With his brothers, the Lord is his inheritance. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hey, what you're getting is going to transcend <clears throat> what anybody else here has. I know. It's going to be much larger and much bigger because of, like, the service I've called you to. Once again, that's another one of those, could I take a look, could I read too far into that, or is that something similar? As Christians, we don't have to worry about an earthly inheritance. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're called out, we're, we're a nation of priests, like the Levitical priests, um, that's New Testament, uh, lingo, Hebrews, uh, he's a great high priest. Or, no, is that Hebrews? Yeah, that's Hebrews, I think, yeah. Okay, um, we're, anyway, we're Jesus all... Jesus being the great high priest? Yeah, but I don't know if the second part, like us being a nation of priests, us being priests. Oh. 
I want to say that that's like I don't Paul, th- not Hebrews. think that's Hebrews. The because because we'll re- we'll refer to that in Deuteron- <laughs> Deuteronomy, I think. But then Paul refers back to that same image, but yeah. I think it's in maybe. I'm not going to say. Well, anyway, we're, one we, of Paul's we, letters, us, I think. Us are as Christians are are le- likened to two priests. We are given that same title, mm-hmm. um, and just like the Levitical priests, we don't have an inheritance uh, in this world. Our inheritance is Christ, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a bigger, more transcendent thing. That's going to drive me nuts. Yep. It's also you one find of those. That, I'm going to find what my references. So just like this morning, um, I, I was just kind of. I guess I was, so our family's been in kind of a... Peter. Oh, go on, Peter. Not even close. Bro. Oh, crap. We, we, well, well, the the best of disciples that we were <laughs> Sorry. He, he started with a P. We were almost there. Yeah, Peter, Paul. That's all I got. Yeah. In your family, I interrupted. I'm sorry. Um, well, no, I was just kind of thinking about um, really how great of a privilege... That is to know that you don't get any land like the rest of Israel, but that you ultimately get an inheritance. Well, well, God is your inheritance. Um, and that's a pretty powerful thing to say. But but I think like in the past, myself, I've looked at them and be like, well, man, they got shafted. <laughs> like everyone else gets Manasseh some land. gets land and he's not even... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone else gets land and really you get God. And that sounds horrible. And saying it out loud, I'm like, that sounds even more horrible than I've yeah. thought in it, the past. It's that you're but, a sojourner. You're going to wander. Right. Yeah. But I've always thought about it as like, well, well, that's... You got shafted. But the more that I think about it, actually, they probably got the best of the inheritance. Um, they actually didn't get the land... They got that close relationship with God. And I was actually thinking this morning, so I, I was, our family's been a very interesting situation for the past year um, or for the past while. And, you know, we've, we've taken in a bunch of kids and, and um, our, our lives have been pretty crazy and different. And we've actually had to rely on God probably more this past year than we've ever had to do. Um, in, in our entire lives. And I was sitting there, things have been changing. And, and so I, I don't know, it's, it's one of those that, that we might have them for a while longer, we might not. And it's kind of like... And so people know, it, it's a fostering situation. Yeah. Yeah, he's not just um, like in a neighborhood like, hey, you look homeless. Yeah, you know, sorry. Like, and, <laughs> and it goes deeper than, than the foster, which makes it a very long, difficult situation to explain. But I was sitting there going, you know, when they, I don't know if I could ever go back to the quiet, peaceful life that I had experienced before this past year, where to actually have to rely on God on a day-to-day basis has been more fun than I could ever imagine. How it's brought myself and my family closer to God, um, how we've been able to see God work in, in those amazingly powerful ways. I was sitting there just praying this morning going, I don't think I could ever go back. I feel like I'm ruined for life. <laughs> and even if I had to give up all the comfort and all the resources that I have, I think I'd be willing to do it. And not just willing, I would want to do it. Mm. Um, because having knowing that God is the one that is providing everything we need, and God has provided more ways, and, and I'd say even in, in some pretty cool miraculous ways, through this entire situation and in seeing how God not just promises provision, but having to rely on it and see God do that, 
I, I feel like I'm, I'm ruined for life, but in a good way. And I almost wonder, and I guess that's as I go back and, and I think about the, the Levites um, and the tribe of Levi going, well, maybe they have it better than everyone else, thinking to my own current day situation and going, you know, isn't that a more awesome, cooler way to live? Knowing that I'm not really building up an inheritance of a house and and land and and a bunch of stuff that that, that really isn't going to matter or take me into eternity, but but will fade and spoil. But instead, I'm able to live with a full reliance on God and being able to tell stories of of how He's moving in our lives and other people's lives and in my kids' lives and families' life. I'm like. I think I'd rather have that way of life than I would than I would want the other tribes and what they're getting. I was like, so really, I think the other eleven tribes are getting shafted, and that one tribe is 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 actually getting the best part of the deal. And I actually hadn't really thought about that until like now. Uh, <laughs> and here's me in my mind. I'm over here like, well, when Solomon splits up the tribes into taxable districts. The Levites didn't have any land. They were the first tax exempt. <laughs> you have this awesome holy vision. And I'm like, huh? Priests were tax exempt back then. <laughs> I was trying to see. Well, see, uh, that's another reason why they weren't <laughs> shafted. <laughs> they didn't have to pay taxes. Yeah, I was trying to see. I don't know. I don't think I have a robust enough map. But who cares if about tax so. exempt? <laughs> He's looking through. <laughs> what kind of cross references can I find on tax exempt? Um, anyway, some people I, I get hung know. up on the tablets being recarved <laughs> out by hand. I'm hung up on the tax district of the Levites <laughs> in the times of Solomon. Oh, but anyway, my unholy friend here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, no, no. But it's it's one of those that that actually until right now, I always thought that the Levites got the shafted part of it. And again, as I ta- said it out loud, I was like, man, that sounds really bad. Um, I can't believe I thought that way. But but in all reality, I was like. Man, they got the better part of the deal. I'm jealous. And I think what's going to reflect, kind of like how you've been reflecting with it in your life, but I think it reflects once again <clears throat> on that New Testament. Us, I'm getting more and more convinced during this podcast that it reflects on, it foreshadows our standing. Mm-hmm. The Levites not having a land to call their own. We don't call earth our own. Right. Um, the Levites' inheritance is God. Our inheritance is Christ. Our, you know, I, I'm seeing more and more of that foreshadowing. I'm more and more convinced that that's the the design and that's the truth mm-hmm. of what we're supposed to have. Yeah. Um, I mean, and this is in no way to slam the person with you know resources or finance mm-hmm. or whatever, because you know God gives as He gives. Right. <laughs> you know, some people are going to be financially given more than others or whatever mm-hmm. for hopefully His glory. Oh, absolutely. You know? Um, and, and it's not like I live in a shack either. I mean, um, I mean, I live in an older home, but at, at the same time, I mean, God provides, I mean, even those other dude, things. Dude, we're in Cincinnati. Older homes are the rage. <laughs> it's like people go to Norwood on purpose right. to get I that old. why you would ever do that. <laughs> I, yeah, we just I don't lost our Norwood. Li- people go to Middletown on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> don't understand that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don's oh, from man. Middletown, by the way. Yeah, it's great. And I and I live in the city. So anyway, yeah, um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think it's a good stopping point. It's a good reflection point. Um, why don't we pray <laughs> and petition for forty days? What is our inheritance? How then should we truly be living based on what we know to be 
the truth of what we're created to be mm-hmm. and who we're created to be. Yep. And it's all very important stuff. All right. Next week we talk about circumcision. Of the heart. Okay. All right. Th- thankfully. So Ezekiel's another <laughs> <laughs> dude, we gotta we gotta talk about David. There's some Philistines mm-hmm. that they oh. get no. Well, I think yeah, he's like, let me bring back a bunch of circumcision. I got some the foreskins of the <laughs> There goes the queen tag again. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, next uh check us out. Uh Bakesh.podbean.com, Facebook.com slash Bakeshpod or something. Email us. I haven't checked the email in a month. There could actually be something in there. Ooh, so knows? we might have email. Probably not. Okay. And give us a <laughs> review on iTunes if you could, because it can help um, lift us out of the realms of TD Jakes and Joel Osteen. Oh, please get us And out get of us there. more into like the realms of like Tim Keller and John Piper. I like, like those people better. Yeah. So <laughs> give us a rating. It'll hopefully help us be recommended among some better podcasts. All right. So until then, uh, bye. Bye bye.